Hey, it's your old pal, Slim, and this is a special bonus episode of 70MM, a podcast for film lovers. Every Monday, I sit down to talk about recently watched movies with my dear friend and artist, Danny Haas, and our spiritual advisor, Pertalexis. Two years ago today, we released our sixth episode to talk about Rogue One. We've certainly changed since then. So 100 episodes later, have our opinions changed? Is this space even safer now to talk Star Wars together? Let's find out right now. A few years back, if you remember. Talk to me. We were very bold. Mm V-bold, if I may say. Finally, a podcast about movies. It's never been done, but now we need to innovate again. <laughs> we need to re-innovate. As of this episode posting, it'll have been two years ago, March 2nd, 2020, that we covered Rogue One for the first time on this podcast. So we felt, why not do it again? No podcast, I don't think, has ever done this. Done a movie again? Mm-hmm. Never. Later? Why would you? We thought, why not do it again? Maybe our opinions have changed in that time. We've changed. Yeah, we've grown. We're not the same people we were two years ago. Right, Proto? Absolutely. We, two years ago, we settled the score on Rogue One. You know, we we finished it. But uh, we figured, why, why why don't we finish it again? Settle it one more time for the last time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Danny, I think you might have, I'm not sure if who had the idea first, but you suggested we do Rogue One every time we change our show format. That was that was suge- the suggestion after one of you two suggested this movie. I would never suggest to do a Star Wars again. <laughs> you guys are wild. But yes, if we change formats, we should just keep doing Rogue One. So you you listened back to our Rogue One episode. I did. I listened to today do it. Well, how very did, shocking revelations how I did forgot it feel about. Going back to listen two years ago. The, mem- the memories. Listen, we were vibing pretty well on that episode, if I can be frank. Thank you. We had some good conversation. Proto uh, talked a lot about Vader, which I forgot about. Oh, his yeah. Vader stance um, and his dome. Uh, but yeah, we, it, was a, it was a good episode. So then I'm like, well, should we even redo it? I mean, we did a great job. Yeah, can I mean, we top we, it? Can we top it? But we can, right? The majority of our audience... Let's be honest, they probably have never even listened to the Rogue One episode. We have... They haven't gone back. We've done pretty well for ourselves over the last two years. So let's try it again. Let's see if this experiment works. The innovation is the key. Yeah. We need to continue to innovate. Prado, are you ready to guide people through what Rogue One the movie is? Yeah, I am. So this is the, the basic premise of Rogue One. The Empire is on the verge of completing the Death Star, a weapon the size of the moon that can obliterate entire planets Uh, once complete the emperor plans to use it liberally to stamp (laughs) out the rebel alliance once and for all Uh, desperate the rebels are seeking to find a weakness Jin Erso is a rebel whose father is the principal scientist working on the Death Star following a lead of a defecting pilot on the planet Jeddah Jin and the rebels follow the clues and ultimately uh, find where uh, 
find where they can find the hidden plans of the Death Star. <laughs> this is the only hope the rebels have. They must not fail, even if it means making the ultimate sacrifice. Rogue One. This time we'll have music playing in the background. Yeah, you, you, you brought out there was no music playing. It was the just shocking synopsis. to hear Proto going through a synopsis with no score no behind them. I was so used mm. to it. That's why I don't want to look, go back and listen to those episodes. Yeah, it's tough. It was tough. <laughs> which which episode was that? Which number was it? I don't know. I, I started to scan through our library. I want to say Arrival almost might have had it, but maybe oh. I'm not sure if that's on our wiki. Um, Omar, thank you. Omar says I like the early apps. Thank you. I mean, we did well, Omar for ourselves. Wow, that was episode six, Rogue One. Yeah, Christ. that's really Oh my gosh, it's a long time ago. Innovation. Oh boy. So this is the first time we're doing this format. You know, each host picks three things out of this viewing. We'll talk about it. We'll go around the room. I'll go first. This is the first time I've watched it since I've gotten a 4K TV. Oh yeah. Since we've gotten the official 70 mm. TCL, Mm -hmm. Mm mid-budget, tier, 4K. And I got to say, this looked incredible in 4K. Like, legit, really good. Mm. Pardo, what did you think? Did you watch this one on on your 4K TV or not? I did. Uh, Yeah, that was, I mean, one of my main thoughts watching this again is that, I mean, it has such incredible shots. The uh the the sh- the shots of the planets in this are just really spectacular. That early shot with the the planet with the rings, holy mm. moly! And in four K, mm. in four K, <laughs> it's gorgeous. It really in is. 4K? It's a beautiful movie. Okay, I think some of my favorite shots also in this are the um, ships leaving and entering the base on Yavin. I mean that it's always on a perfect sunset, which is amazing <laughs> to me. Mm-hmm. I also did want to point out that the audio sounded amazing as well. When I was sitting down to watch this, mm. I obviously forgot most of this movie in the last two years. But the the audio, the explosions, the ships, all of that stuff sounded fantastic as well in this in this viewing. So yeah. audio Great visuals for very good. Beautiful. In my opinion. Uh Perto, what's number one on your list? Number one on my list. Saul Guerrera. <laughs> yeah, he's a really compelling character. When I think mm. of the Star Wars universe, um, I, I can't really remember the specifics, but going through uh, the Clone Wars TV series, he's a pretty prominent character in there, and you get to like learn a lot about him and his background. I think he's one of the more compelling characters in all of Star Wars. Oh, like really? just the huh? fact that he is just the fact that he's 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 too extreme for the rebels even mm. that like they have the same goals but then like here's this character who is too unhinged for them to like be associated with <laughs> like these people who are rebelling against the empire mm-hmm. uh and then just like his mild insanity and like you know paranoia like i, I just think he's like a really interesting and compelling character in the Star Wars universe. And uh, I mean, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to hand him to John Favreau, but um, I think, I think, he, I think it could be a, it would be a good Disney plus series of some kind. You know, it's funny. I have Saul written down as well for this viewing. And I was thinking, especially listening back to our other episode, 
how much he stands out in this film as as an odd choice not only as not really for the actor but for the performance that he's giving off in this there's something so weird and off-putting about it but now i can't imagine it not being in this film like i i would be actually be frustrated if it wasn't there anymore cuz I, I i've come to kind of love it even more now I mean, did they just have hot tea on set for him the entire uh, filming of this movie with his voice? Uh, My God. How about one of the notes I, I wrote for Saw was when Riz, Riz Ahmed King is in this movie. And when he mm. first sees Saw use his respirator, he has like the weirdest reaction to seeing Saw use it. It was like the most disgusting thing and shocking thing Riz has ever seen in his life. <laughs> when he he breathes, he inhales in his thing and Riz is like, oh my God. Very strange. Is this man disabled? <laughs> <laughs> my God. Disgusting. Uh, Danny, number one on your list for Rogue One. Number one... Uh, I, I realized on this, not just this viewing, but more apparent on this viewing is how much I like the depiction of the rebels, this being like the dark side of kind of the rebel alliance. Like we see, when we think of rebel alliance, we think of the good guys trying to fight the bad guys. You know, we want to root for them, but man, when you start off with Cassie and just killing that Kai in cold blood uh, and you mm. just, and then when they actually form their Rogue One rebellion, it's all people who are criminals, uh, just fighting for the side. So I like the depiction of the darks, the like the rebels, kind of just not being as this pristine group uh, yeah. of alliance fighters. I'm, I'm sorry, I can't stop. Like, what the hell happened? The Twilight, the Twilight gif that was posted. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> what if hold on a second oh, no. what if we redo Twilight like it's a twi Taylor Swift remaster and that one can go on the public feed <laughs> the new version of the Twilight <laughs> you guys are wild <laughs> getting a lot of pleases in chat that's a great idea Count, I gotta please, write that please, down please. somebody remind me about that idea the this by that same comment I, I agree and I was thinking a lot about Cassian mm -hmm. in this viewing mm -hmm. because you know, it's been a long time since this movie came out, and Cassian is getting his own mm. Disney Plus shows. Still. Yeah. Oh, right. Cassian and K2SO. Oh, I didn't know K2SO was going to. I guess yeah, it's a prequel to this. Oh, for sure, because you know they died at the end. Spoilers. Um, yeah, I was just wondering is like Cassian, is Cassian enough of a draw? Like, are people going to be like still excited about a Cassian Andor show at, in 2022 or whenever it comes out? It's, uh, I want to say yes. But that's just the Rogue One lover in me. I don't know, though. Mm. I think people are excited about the actor Diego being uh, around again in the Star Wars universe. And I think that there is, there's probably a really good story to tell as, as long as it's written well. Um, I'm excited to have more K2SO, actually. So um, anything to have Alan Tudyk back, um, I'll take. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think Cassian is basically a, a blank slate if you're going to do a, do a TV right. show. Yeah. There really isn't, he doesn't have any, we don't know anything about him. I don't know if there's anything written anywhere about him, but like as the, the, the average Star Wars fan, you don't know anything about this character other than what you've seen in the movie. So if, 
if they even do like a series where I mean, if he, if he's like depicted as this rebel, but he has like smuggler qualities where he's really willing to like kill people, you know, and kind of do like espionage stuff, like mm-hmm. that could be really cool right. if it's done if it's done right. Ooh. Like that sounds that sounds compelling. Star Wars 007. Latinx 007. Mm. Dun, Star Wars. Dun, 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 yeah. dun. I'm listening. Mm. One of my other notes as well related to casting was K2SO. K2SO looks great in this movie. Was this all <laughs> CGI? I mean, someone talk to me, please, in the fourth It How is. How did they do this? Yeah. <clears throat> How? Wow. It's impressive. Like, it looked great. I I couldn't, it was like, so the, the CGI was so good. I was like, is this practical effects? Because no, that can't be possible. It's, I mean, it is a great. lot of CG effects, but the the blend between CG and and the practical and the actual actors is really well incorporated in this film already. So getting in 4K, it just just looks better. Like it's so much of it, mm-hmm. especially on the on Scarif when they're fighting the ATATs on the beach, and so much of that oh. is CG, just whipping around the fights, and it's just really it's just really well done to begin with. So I don't think the 4K transfer was a tough thing to do for it. Mm-hmm. K2SO reminds me of our boy Pathfinder. Oh, Kid Five. Could you? What if, what if in the show oh. he has a grapple? <laughs> Kidding me? <laughs> they might need to isolate that noise <laughs> for future use. Uh, number two on my list is Jin herself. Uh-huh. I. It's not a negative. It's a positive um, or a potential positive. I I enjoyed her backstory a little bit more. I didn't go back to listen to the Rogue One episode. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to, I wanted to go on a clean slate, you know, let the past die. Okay. So she has that quote, it's not a problem if you don't look up about why she hasn't really like tried to fight for good in the universe. But man, she's got a crappy life. Mm -hmm. Her dad and mom are gone. She's lived alone most of her life and spent some of that time with Saw. Yeah. Imagine living with that guy. Mm-hmm. And he ditches her. That would screw anybody up. So, Jin, um, I would want more from Jin in the Star Wars universe. Good heavens. Let's get a Jin Urso, you know, limited run, maxi series, prestige series. Everybody gets a show. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, that'd be amazing. Instead of Bad Batch, maybe let's give Jin I, a show. I love Jin. In so much, and I, 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 I know that one host's opinion of of Jen and Felicity in this uh, is not good. After listening back to our old episode, but she still remains one of my absolute favorite female characters in all of Star Wars. Easily, I, I will say that I don't think she's done extremely well in this movie. Mm. Like I don't think she's a super evenly distributed character, and I. Probably a lot of that falls with the backstory of the filming of this movie, the reshoots, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But, you know, I, I think there's something there that they could mine or could have done better in this movie. Like, I thought she was a, a great character for for a lead in this film. Yeah, I like but, Felicity Jones. Um, I liked her performance. But, I, yeah, I kind of agree about the character. I think it has a good base of just, like, separation from her father. But I don't really love how it, like, plays out in the movie. I actually think the arc between her and her father is kind of, like, the weaker part of the story. Mm. It's just, I, I don't know. I didn't find, like, My much status. satisfaction. Status. I mean, I don't know how Stardust. they would have done it any better Stardust. unless they showed more of her upbringing. Because they were separated so early on in her life and then not reunited until 
the Rogue One events. I mean, not even mm-hmm. reunited until his death. So I'm not sure how much more we could got an, could have had of a connection of the two of them, um, except a whole rewrite of the story, I guess. I also think, I think I said this in the last episode, but I, I didn't really love Mads as the mm-hmm. father. And I, I, I get what they're going for. They need some actor that can pop, you know, somewhat play both roles of like someone who works for the Empire, mm-hmm. but as a father, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I know I'm in the very much minority for that thought. Prado, number two for you. Uh, my number two, I was, I, you know, I was surprised watching this because um, I thought for what the movie's trying to do, I felt that most of the characters were given enough to have a pretty satisfying arc by the end of the movie between um, like even Riz Ahmed's character of the defector, Jin, um, Diego, uh, the the force the two force guys Donnie Yen and his brother, um, even K two S O like all of them had there was like enough that was like developed about all the characters that like when you get to the end of the movie and you see them all you know giving their life to like accomplish this mission it does I feel like it does pack a pretty decent pun- punch yes. by mm-hmm. the end of it and uh, like in in that regard I think the the writing worked pretty well for me this time. Oh my. Like I, I thought, you know, this is a pretty good, this is a pretty well to- told story um, for, w- for what they were trying to accomplish. This so, is what I'm talking about. Growth. You know, this isn't just, this isn't a gimmick. Yeah. Okay. Us doing a movie a second time. Our, we change. Mm-hmm. People change. That's life. Thank you. Gav yeah? said B- Boba lowered the bar for Proto. <laughs> 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 Gareth Edwards didn't even finish this movie and he looks like a genius compared to John Favreau. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, number two. Number two. I don't, I, th- I think it set in on this one the incredible importance of, for at least for me and maybe for a lot of Star Wars fans, the telling of um, how the exhaust vent uh, has the chain, like how it is made. Like, I, I, I think it really mm-hmm. set in on how awesome telling that story is inside of this Rogue One story. Like we get our, you know, new hope and it's just, we got the plans from Leia, uh, how to, how to destroy this vent. She just knows that this is where you have the chain reaction and this is how you have to shoot it. Like that's all we were told for years, decades. And so to learn, cause not even Leia knows the Mads. She doesn't know anything about Jenner. So she has nothing about, Galen or so all she knows is in her hands are the plans for the death star and how to destroy it. So now we get the story of how, like how was, how does Leia get the plans? And I, I, it really kind of set in, like we learn about how to destroy the death star. And it was actually planned by a man who wanted to be destroyed, who sacrificed his family. Like I just, I really fell in love with it so much more this time. Mm hmm. I did find that line kind of funny that where he's like a flaw so small that no one will ever notice. But then in a new hope, I mean, it's like a giant trench with like a hole at the end that seemed like it was designed for a torpedo to go into. (laughs) (laughs) My third note from this viewing, I think is probably Mustafar. Is it Mustafar? Mustafar. Vader's uh, lava dwelling. However you want to say it, Slim. Thank you. And growing up and reading some of the Star Wars books and reading, you know, the making of Star Wars about how Vader has this like castle surrounded by lava, that is like the coolest thing because as a kid, 
you're just having to use your imagination to right. envision what that is. You know, you're only seeing that in 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 the in words. You're not seeing it in really comics back then. Or Ralph um, Macquarie paintings. W- was there any? Mm-hmm. Or no? Oh, there was? Mm-hmm. Maybe I didn't look have access up. to Ralph Macquarie making up books when I was it's a okay. kid. Get on your 56K modem and look it up. This is, this is why we're doing this again. I couldn't get my LimeWire to download Mac Macquarie's <laughs> PDFs. So when they go to this in the movie, I thought it was amazing. You know, seeing it from afar, I just want more. Like, I want more of Vader's lair. Yeah. I kind of almost, like some of the shots in this, I'm, I'm not bringing this up to, to make fun of Vader, but the, the conversation between the two of them looks like super green screen bad, in my opinion. Like, it doesn't mm. look that great. But the wide shots... Like, I would have wanted Vader, like, sitting on a throne mm-hmm. when he walks in. Like, Vader sitting down on a throne, like a king in in yeah. his castle. Like, that would have been so cool. Um, so, I just want to bring up Mustafar. I love it. This is what you're going to get in the Obi-Wan show, babe. Oh! This is what we have coming to us, okay? I would love if they, with Vader, kind of jettison his persona in the you know the original trilogy he's just like so stoic and upright and doesn't really have i don't know to me he doesn't like project that most much emotion except i mean he gets angry but beyond that there isn't much range so i would love if like he's just like especially with like if he gets into you know with obi-wan like getting into it Mm. um that could be really cool (sighs) my gosh kidding me right now the best part, I think we confirmed, is that nobody from the Boba Fett show is working on the Obi show. So it's a whole Good different firm. crew. The writing team's different. The, well, this world. is one of the reasons why I loved the the anthology series that we watched together. Oh specifically, my like gosh, the twins yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can mm. see, like, Vader in this movie, you know, they're they're redoing the New Hope Vader. But, like, let's see a nimble Vader in animated form or like a thinner one that can like do karate kicks or just jump around. Like the Vader like in this movie Rebels. is using a walker, like for the most, yeah, most of the that, movie. Yeah, totally. But I, like yeah. I want to see like a Vader that's just like so badass that is zipping around doing flash dashes. Yeah. Force he dashes. does yoga like, every I day. I want to see some more of that. <laughs> yeah. Wait a second. Is there any, is there any, um, in any of the books, was there uh, at this period that uh, Vader had a, an apprentice like, could that be something that pops up with, uh, oh, I guess he won it because he's with the emperor or if like he had like a secret apprentice or something secret. I think in the com, I'm not sure in the comics he had a secret apprentice, but that would be really awesome. Yeah. Cause there are a few mentions in star killer from force unleashed. Oh Pre- yeah. Pre Marvel. It was star killer. And I think he ended up killing star killer and then he was cloned. Spoilers. But, spoilers from a game that's 20 years old. <laughs> No, he's not. Ca- Star Killer is not canon, but that's like a really cool idea because then you could introduce that character, and they can do whatever they wanted. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it could be in, in the, the Obi Wan show. Like, too bad he's the like voice Obi-Wan. of Darth Maul. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> All right, so that's my number three. Proto, your number three. My number three. Um, I still don't like the final scene of this. The the battle sequence for me, like this, will always be like I I, I like this movie more each time that I've seen it, but I still just can't get, I'm just always so disappointed with how they end up getting the plans because in my head, I always saw this as like a, a really cool, like oceans 11 
sneaking in, stealing plans, like very complex uh, process of doing that. And the fact that it's basically, let's shoot lasers, blow stuff up, get the plans is always like a bummer to me. So I, ca- I just never can get past that. So I'm still, uh, the, the ending always is like a downer for me. Mm. How, yeah. I, I don't know. If, I mean, I definitely don't agree with you, but I don't know if that it was, is that the plan though? Is that, was that the plan? I feel like they were just, they were. That's, that was always how I envisioned it. Whenever I, when, you know, I mean, you just, what we actually see, I know what you envisioned, but I feel like they were trying to still be espionage esque, just Cassian, Jin, and K2, while the mm-hmm. rebels were a distraction, making them look like more than what they were. So I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I mean, you know, I love this ending, but yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, it's interesting that you still don't like it. I, I love the island. I love the, like, everything about this island that it's in a Star Wars movie is tremendous. Like, all of the, I mean, it's the so sand, beautiful. It's the sand fatigues that some of those troopers were wearing, the brown. Yeah, the short And they're like wearing parachute sick. pants, Porsche. like the Rocketeer. Oh, um, that stuff is cool. Danny, what's your number three? Number three, um, back to Vader. Please. I, I want more Vader in this film. And yeah. I've realized that this time I'm not, I'm not talking about Walker Vader or I just mean like we, while we needed Tarkin in this story, I feel like we should have gotten Vader in the Tarkin role more and Tarkin just kind of being around mm. um, because we still get, we get James Earl Jones, we get Vader. We don't have to worry about CG Tarkin face as much as we get. Um, and I think when I, when I watch it this time around, I just wish the Tarkin role was replaced by more Vader in this. And I don't mind, I don't need him. I mean, yes, the hallway lightsaber scene is still the, is still an incredible Vader moment. We can still have it, but there's just, when you watch this in 4k, the, the Tarkin face, the Leia face, it's, it, it definitely doesn't, it doesn't age well. And I don't like saying that much because it's just, it's, I don't know. But for this, it's like, we really could have had more Vader in this film and less Tarkin. And I, I, that's just kind of what I took away from this viewing. That That's the best point you've made all night. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. This, this should have been like a Vader movie. Yeah. If he would have replaced yeah. Tarkin and you give him like one or two more scenes. Yeah. There would have been enough Vader in this that you would have felt like this is Rogue One, the Vader story. Yeah, you know, like there would have been enough of him in here. He would be like the main villain. Like that would have been awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what I, I mean, I understand the Krennic role can still say stay the same because the Krennic he's just there to to be the guy that gets killed because Tarkin and Vader have to make it to Episode Four. So we understand why Krennic's role exists as the guy that helps create the Death Star. But yeah, I, watching this, I'm like, man, Tarkin doesn't look good 4K. And this could have easily just been Vader. I have to post this photo that I took earlier. Oh no! From Google, the Rogue Plus. One cast photo. It's cracking me up. Poor <laughs> Peter. It shows Felicity Jones, Mads, Diego, and then a black and white photo of Peter Cushing. <laughs> you know what's not- wild is even in um, even in Episode uh, Three, there's a wide shot that. Lucas does at the end of Tarkin walking away from Vader. And it's the, it's an actor that looks like him could easily just, they could have just used him again. 
in the background and even the reflection on the glass of Tarkin's face, they could have used that to have conversations. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not as disappointed because I do, I do love having Tarkin in this, but it, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's my point. Vader should have been more. Uh, let's see. Final honorable mentions for me and my rating. I mean, the dog fights in space. Can you imagine signing up to be in one of these wars? I mean, there's got to be a 90% chance you just run into another jet in space and blow up. How do oh, you yeah. how do you avoid anyone in these no. battles? No. It's not possible. It's, it's terrifying. The physics aren't there yet in space. <laughs> there's no way. But all that stuff was amazing and like you don't really see that in any other Star Wars movie. I love the the this force field over the planet. So smart. Um and yeah. I think I, I said something on similar to this on the Dune Pod episode that I was on for Starship Troopers, but you only ever, like these planets are so huge, but you only see a portion of these planets. Interplanetary travel in the Star Wars universe just boggles the mind. Right. I mean, what's going on the rest of this planet? No one ever goes anywhere else besides like one small city on a planet. Mm. Like Tatooine? Yeah. What's going on on there? Anything else? Yeah, I love that. That's why I love in Phantom Menace. Like they go to Tatooine and like they fly. It's like, hmm, I, I guess we'll land here in this small, <laughs> <Right>. you know. <laughs> well, you could have a totally different experience landing in a different country on Earth than anywhere else. You'll have a totally different perception of the planet. Mm. It's scary Bizarre. when you think about it. It's terrifying. So I am three and a half stars still for Rogue One. You know, I had <gasps> different things that I enjoyed on this viewing, different things that maybe not enjoyed. Um, but that's the name of the game for me. Proto, honorable mentions, final rating. So much for growth. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see what I, oh, I have. Come, come with me, child. I love all Sagaros. Lies, deceptions. Um, what else do I have? I, I did write that. I, hold on. Are you sitting down? I did write this down towards the I'm end. Sitting. Why am I crying? I think I might have. I think I might have started shedding me? tears. What? Yeah, I was getting emotional with what I was seeing on screen. This is a bit. I think this movie is really beautiful for a Star Wars movie. Like it's it's probably. I mean, it's up there with like the best looking, and it feels so like grounded and real in the way that <laughs> certain TV series on Disney Plus have looked, where they look um, they look. They they look impressive, but they feel plastic. This looks impressive, but it feels real to me. There's just something very grounded, and and I think extra fifty um, million dollars probably. I I like that about this, but I think what I struggle with this movie is the action. I don't think like Gareth Edwards really knows how to like shoot action sequences. All of those are kind of like the low the low points for me. Like whenever the action isn't happening. I'm really enjoying it. I just mm-hmm. don't know if he like directs it in a way that I find um, pleasing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know what? If I was a weaker man, thank you. Oh I would gosh. give this movie three and a half stars as well. I know, um, <laughs> but uh, but I'm not. Uh, I, but I will say, last time I was three stars, leaning towards two. This time I am three stars, definitely <laughs> leaning towards four. Oh my god, we are growing, people. The growth right <laughs> now. <laughs> I've never seen the maneuvering that I just heard in the last 20 seconds on a podcast before. I, I We won't dwell on, you know, what happened in the filming, but remember the teaser trailer for this oh. movie with the sirens going off and oh. all of the gorgeous still photography. Oh. 
Holy smokes. Danny, final uh, honorable mentions and rating. Honorable mentions. You know what I found out this time that I should have known because um, how much I love Michael Giacchino. Um, he had four weeks to score this film. Jeez. Whoever was doing it before him got wow. uh, axed. And so he Oof. had four weeks to create what I said in the last episode, easily one of my favorite uh, Star Wars scores, um, mm-hmm. especially the quiet moments when it should be imperial marches, you know, the Death Star rising on the horizon as Krennic sees it. It's still this beautiful score. Oh, um, it's just, yeah, it's incredible. I, if Michael Giacchino came on the show, what movie would he want to do? Oh, I don't know. That's a great question. Michael talked. I mean, Lost Boys. That's my uh, sign. My, uh, Danny's Danny's iMessage. I'll, t- I'll text him. Um, this 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 viewing, I was I was getting a little bit uh, not annoyed, but I realized that there's no other Star Wars film that I feel the need to be frustrated at people than this one. It's like I I don't really care if you don't like the prequels. Get in line. Like that's that's a that's a normal. Mm-hmm opinion but also i don't really care too much about the sequels and so i don't really have like feelings if someone tells me i don't like this film but when someone says i don't like rogue one i really do get kind of worked up i I don't know what it is about this film it just i find it it's it's obviously a five star but i just find it incredibly fun um is still the most star wars of the star wars films i just really enjoy this movie so much and I would, I would more so defend this film than episode one uh, to anybody because mm. I still think that this movie is a genius thing to have made a tiny little drop line in A New Hope and we get a full-fledged Star Wars story out of it. And I would rather them do these little tales, one-off movies than yeah. anything else they keep trying to do. It's a shame that mm. the management at least of the film franchise, just blew it at every turn. I mean, the solo movie, which I, we've talked about briefly on the show. <laughs> we had like an episode. Screwed. <laughs> oh, that's right. We Are we doing solo again? Is it time? Um, because they, they screwed it so bad that it's likely right, that we'll, we'll never trilogy. get, you know, Star Wars movies. Like, let's be honest. Right. Like, they've been saying, oh, we just signed so-and-so to make a new Star Wars trilogy. That stuff's happened like five times over with different people. They, it can't be done. Um, it kind of sucks. You know, I, I'd love to have that Star Wars cinema experience investigating an area that is untapped. I, I need you to have hope, though. Sequels are built on hope. <laughs> and, dumbass. Thank you. I appreciate that, Frodo. All right. That's it for... Rogue One Redux. We did it. Like we said earlier, we have to raise the bar in podcasting. And I think we've done it Raise the bar. We've grown. We have grown together. You know, some people grow in different directions. Mm. Downward growth. (laughs) Downward growth is is as worthwhile as upward mobility. Uh, So we're we're, we're growing in some direction here at Simidium. Always forward together. Seventy Millimeter is a tape deck production featuring original artwork provided by Danny Haas. 
Spiritual guidance and V'ger, the robot who loves movies, provided by Pertalexis. Producer at large, Dale underscore A. Transcripts provided by Sophie Shin and music composed by Cinematric. Prints and other merch are available on 70mmpod.com. This episode was mixed, edited, and produced by me, Slim. Support our Patreon for access to our VHS Village Discord to talk movies with new friends, access to our exclusive episodes in the 70mm vault, discounts on merch, uncut episodes, and a physical membership card mailed to you. To check out other Tape Deck podcasts, find the link in the episode notes. And if you'd like to support our friends at Letterboxd and upgrade to pro or patron status, you can do so with a 20% off discount using the links on 70mmpod.com. Goodbye. This, this, this is a Tape Deck podcast. Oh, my God.